This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're continuing our 25 years set of episodes here, a loving look back at the 25 years of Ravens history. We have a great topic for you today. This is a really cool one. And joining me is Jose Torres. Jose, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ken. Just a uh, day after Thanksgiving, really full and, you know, happy to be here with you. Yeah, happy to happy to have you, and, and a really good topic. I didn't realize how good this was us until we have our production meeting here. We got a real chance to talk in a little more depth about it. But we're going to look at the two linebacker subgroups, the outside linebackers and the inside linebackers, and talk about the the players who have left the Ravens and how there's a very stark difference 
in the success outside linebackers have had after leaving the Ravens relative to relative weakness that other inside linebackers have had after leaving the Ravens. Great topic, Jose. Really appreciate you bringing this to us. Yes, sir. Uh, well, yeah. Do you want to just start with the outside linebackers or the inside? You, your choice. Let's start with the outside. I think the outside is more – I like the outsides. Okay. You're, you're the guest. Bring one up. But bring them up one at a time here, and we'll, we'll kind of talk okay. about what happened to these guys after they left the Ravens. Um, my favorite one is – and the one we're probably going to all be most familiar with because just a, a recency bias would be Judon because I'm, I'm a big uh, Matt Judon fan. Um, he's killing it in New England. You know, he's up to 10 and a half sacks, a uh, leader of their defense – you know, their defense is playing great. Um, it seems the fans really love him. The media really loves him. So he's really become like a star over there in New England. And, you know, it, deep down it hurts me, but I love Judon. And I think I, I'm happy for, uh, to see him succeed over there. Yeah, it's, he was one of the really good guys. It's it's not often that you get guys that are established and are, are coming out of the free agency deal at the outside linebacker position that are about 28 years old. And Judon just turned 29 in August. So uh, he's he's like one of the younger available outside linebackers. Most of them are all locked up at that age if they're any good. And so he's a, a rare opportunity. Bowser also, by the way, uh, even younger, uh, was an interesting guy from the from mm-hmm. the same draft class, right? Bowser and Judon, same draft class. I think so. so, I think so, so. Ravens, Ravens kept one, and that was uh, that was nice. Bowser's having a terrific year, but so is Judon. Yeah, uh, the Ravens Bowser's got the cheaper food. option. Yeah, you think Bowser's Bowser the cheaper, cheaper option, option for sure, right? Yeah, six million a year for for Bowser. Judon is oh, making that's... something like thirteen million a year. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so this and that is an important point there because you got to consider the the price. It's it's eighty uh, percent of the player, twenty percent of the price. In this case, it's you know seventy five percent of the player at fifty percent of the price, probably. But mm-hmm. it's still good. no doubt. And with All that right. money we got left over there, it's, it picks up Justin Houston. So it's it's almost like Bowser and Houston versus Judon in yeah. essence. It's, you 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 can you can say it that way. Or you can say it'll pay for all the injury injured players we had this year and all <laughs> the vets we had to bring in. But we, oh, anyway, man. it's all one pot of money. Uh, let's let's move on. The second guy last left after last year obviously had a lot of success now in Oakland. Uh, Oakland, I always say that Las Vegas now is is Yannick Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you, we got recency buys. Let's just watch him last night against you know Dak and the Cowboys, and I mean he was doing great. He was. You know, I feel like when he was in Baltimore, he wasn't that good. He would almost like out overrun the pocket. It was like he would go too wide for my taste. But it seems like for the Raiders, I don't know if it's a scheme fit or what. But he's he's doing great over there with with Max Crosby on the other side. Yeah, he he likes to play wide. That's for certain. And he is has done better in Jacksonville and in Las Vegas on this four three defense where he's not as wide to start with. So it's kind of a it's a kind of a strange set of circumstances, isn't it? That you mm-hmm. you like to play wide and you're still better in a four three. Yeah, and that's one of the one of the players that you know he was great before he came to the Ravens, and he seems to be great after the Ravens. So it's just kind of a Ravens <laughs> thing where he was not good. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty damning set of circumstances. But every full mm-hmm. season he's been, including this one. Well, in, in every full season period he's had at least eight sacks. He just only had three in nine games for the Ravens. So yeah, a uh, little bit of a little bit of a down period for him. It, do you you credit that to a scheme, or do you think that's something to do more so with him? 
uh, he is not a pure in a pure four man rush scheme. So I think he liked that, and he said, you know, I like being able to get into a pass rush plan, play after play. But with Martindale, he'd be dropping to cover a lot, or they'd mm-hmm. be they'd, he'd have some uh, stunt or other responsibilities that that he'd have to be in maybe a looper, maybe even an under guy in some circumstances. So it it, it could well be that all of the deception that Wink tries along the line was frustrating and Gakwe in him back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on. I, I, you know, one of my favorite players, I guess if we're going back chronologically, probably Zadarius Smith is the next guy or pretty close to it. His first season in green Bay. I mean, that was what mortgage you really asked for out of a, out of a free agent pickup right there. Then what did he have like 14 and a half, 13 and a half, something, that's right. something, you know, something nice. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. He was, they didn't win the Super Bowl that year, but it wasn't because of him. You know, he he did his part. Um, thirteen and a half sacks. Thirteen and a half. And Thirty-seven quarterback hits. So the thirteen, the thirteen and a half might include fourteen or fifteen of the quarterback hits because mm-hmm. he has some half sacks probably. But still, that's a lot of quarterback hits. Yeah, that's a lot. Season. He's the been next, hurt this year though, but yeah, only played one game this year. In, yeah. in twenty twenty, played he got twelve and a half sacks. So it's not like he he really dropped off a lot. That's mm-hmm. that's a contract that's really paid for itself. And yeah, you know, he's, he's another awesome. guy. Boy, Green Bay got him at age twenty seven. That's yep. that's terrific. You got a free agent that young. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Uh, if we go back a little further, we get to uh, well, Terrell Suggs, I guess. And Terrell that's Suggs. Not even, what do you think Our about best. his post Ravens career? And he got a Super Bowl, right, with the Chiefs. There you go. So that's uh, I mean, that's good for him. Happy for him. But I, he 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 wasn't the same. I mean, I think he if he would have just stayed with the Ravens, which I think they probably were going to try to get him had the Chiefs not claimed him at what thirty. They were they were one of the last claim teams. I don't think we even put a, a waiver in for him to try to get him because we right. were the last. We had, we're fourteen and two that season. So I think he would have extended him. We probably extended his career a little bit just because he fit here better than he did. You know, his extended age going to a new team and trying to pick it up on the fly. Yeah, he definitely helped us out that year. He had six and a half sacks in his in his last year. Uh, you know, the thing I'll always remember about Suggs is is how much he still obviously loved being in the locker room, being on the practice field, right up to the very end of mm-hmm. his last camp in Baltimore. And uh, you know, you, you got to root for a guy like that. He's just oh, all yeah. kinds of fun. I love and, Suggs. You've probably heard this from me before, but but his his voice, you would always know, you know there's three big practice fields there, and you'd always know exactly where Terrell Suggs is because he's 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 projecting <laughs> to everyone on the on the entire facility yeah. there. That's awesome. That's what you want from a defensive leader. You sure. want you want a big voice like that. Sure. At least that's what we've always had, right? Absolutely. So let's go back a little further, and I I go back to the guy who led the 2014 pass rush, not not a pure outside linebacker, not a pure outside linebacker today because he kicks inside still a lot. But Pernell McPhee, who is now back, had that one big year for the Bears after he left. Mm -hmm. I I love McPhee, man. I love listening to him in the huddle. I love when they they do the wire thing and he's there. He he gets me off off the couch. You know, he gets me going too. (laughs) And, yeah, I was sad to see McPhee go. If injuries were not a thing, I think he would have had a fine Bears career. You know, he was – he just got derailed there by by his injuries. And he's been with the he was with the Ravens. This is his third stint or his fourth stint? No. Second second stint, but it's but he's each time he's re upped a couple times in this last. He's re upped a couple so, times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he spent. He he actually went young to Chicago. He's still only twenty seven. I don't think of him that way. I thought of him as an older rookie, and he was twenty three in two thousand eleven. 
but but boy, he he won a job coming out of camp. He had one of the most dominating preseasons that year, and then when the Ravens had fifty six sacks in twenty fourteen, he was the heart and soul of that. Even though it was a lot of um, Elvis Doomerville and Suggs mm-hmm. having big career totals, it was McPhee in the middle eating up double teams that was driving yeah, a lot of was that. Great man, that was a fun year with Doomerville and Suggs. It sure was. Uh, let's go back to how about Courtney Upshaw? I think he's one of the guys that didn't work out at outside linebacker. One mm-hmm. of the few. Uh, just a couple of years in Atlanta, really did not last after he left the Ravens. Yeah, I don't think I was extremely sad to see him go. He was just more of a, a good death role player for us. I don't think he was mm-hmm. ever really, even if he would have stayed with us, I don't think he would have been, you know, a Pro Bowl player, or a, a defensive stalwart for us or anything of the sort. But, uh, yeah, I, you know. If we, the Ravens can't develop a linebacker, then who can, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And he had five sacks with the Ravens, and my recollection is he had seven or eight personal fouls, which is not a good, obviously, relationship uh, to, to, to have. More of a run defender for the Ravens, and even that he was best at in his rookie year and and uh, and took a little bit of a slide. In some ways, you know, he's a second-round draft pick and, and towards the top of the second round, so it wasn't a good pick. But the, the play in the Super Bowl almost made it worth it with the punch-out forced fumble early in that game that was part of the Ravens rolling up their their big lead. All right. Uh, okay, now then the next one, and this is one that really hurt. After the 2006 season, the Ravens had a Dallas Thomas signed away, and in 2007 he had a magnificent season again for the Patriots, and, and uh, they, of course, were undefeated during the regular season. That was the undefeated season? Randy Moss season? Tom Brady, Randy Moss season? Yep. How did the Ravens end up that season? Could we have used him? Uh, no, we'd have, we'd have still been terrible. Uh, still been terrible. With, that was pre Harbaugh. That was the year before Harbaugh. Yes, year before Harbaugh. So they went five and eleven, or I think five and eleven. Oh year. yeah, five and eleven. So that was who? Uh, who did they draft at the top of the first round the next year? When uh, five eleven, two thousand eight. Uh, Joe Flacco. They traded down right? and then back up to get Flacco. Yeah, that would have been the Flacco year. That's that's right around when I started becoming a, a diehard fan. You know, I, I haven't missed a game since, since of the Harbaugh era. I don't think. Before then, I was I was a little bit young. It's a, it's a that's a that's a good way to do it. You definitely mm-hmm. got the got the good years in there. All right, we got a couple other names from the past, which this was really fun, kind of looking back and finding this. But I think the next one chronologically is Antoine Barnes. Now, Antoine Antoine Barnes. Antoine Barnes always kind of a little bit of a disappointment with the Ravens, but he, excuse me, he came on and had a big year with the uh, uh, Chargers with eleven sacks. Antoine Barnes. He was. Uh, what year is that? Uh, what, what year do they have him? They. they mm-hmm. I know in two thousand seven he might have been a rookie and he was forced into some play. But uh, I may have the. I may have the year wrong. I'll look it up too while you're doing that. Mm-hmm. I think a, lo- a lot of the problem there back in those years is you know we had Suggs in his prime mm-hmm. and then we our defense was so stout it was so hard for a rookie to come in and you know contribute right away then. And even towards later in Suggs' career, you know, it's hard for for those outside linebackers to come in and get a lot of playing time. It took a while for them to develop, and you know that could potentially lead to them excelling in other places. You know, just because they develop, they didn't have enough time here behind Suggs to develop. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, a lot of people would say that about Paul Kruger, which, by the way, who didn't make our list, but it should have been, oh, yeah, been on it. So uh, he, of course, he's a guy who who definitely did not live up to a second contract and was a great pass rusher for the Ravens in his final year. Mm, that, that was a final year type thing for him, wasn't it? He was kind of like lackluster, and then his final year he just blew up for us? 
Yeah, he, he had been a good situational pass rusher. He'd done some positive things for the team. I mean, he's a guy I wrote about fairly frequently, kind of a favorite of mine. Uh, he had five and a half sacks in his third year. And he was he was just used situationally, so that's not really that's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. He had some quarterback hits that year too, but as in his final year, he had nine sacks and fourteen quarterback hits, and I think including the postseason that that got a little better. Mm-hmm. He actually is better than I remember in Cleveland. He had an eleven sack year in twenty fourteen. So that's, that's pretty good for Cleveland, especially. Yeah, maybe they maybe they got value of that contract. Okay, I'm putting him back in the middle of our discussion yeah. here instead of in yeah. the. How many seasons did he end up playing for? Him? Three at Cleveland, one at New Orleans to finish up his career in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice to keep him if he was putting up that kind of production still. All right. We still got some big names to talk about. Uh, This one, not so much that the Ravens let this guy go in free agency or that they're done with him towards the end of his rookie contract, but uh, uh, Harrison obviously is a big loss to Pittsburgh. The Ravens Mm -hmm. actually cut him three times. He was uh, representing them, I think, in the – whatever the world league or the double W laugh or whatever they're calling it a European football. Yeah. Teams. I remember that. I remember that yeah. the European thing. That's crazy that the Ravens cut him, that cut him and then he goes to Pittsburgh and has such a long career, man. That's, yeah. that's a dagger. Yeah. Is it really, it, it definitely really hurt. I mean, he had his big come, coming out game against the Ravens in 2007. So it was a whole lot of misery going around on, uh, on, uh, mm-hmm. on that. All right, let's continue on here. Uh, we've got uh, another one interesting, a guy they called the CEO, Roderick Green. Uh, now, Roderick Green is a guy who maybe a little bit misunderstood in Ravens history, but they drafted him kind of a pure pass rusher out of central Missouri State. Uh, for the Ravens, he only had two sacks in 2005, and he, and he, was, he was drafted in 2004, and then they, the Ravens ended up letting him go. Um, Green had a very low Wonderlick score, but my understanding is from people who've coached him and whatnot that it, there was a learning disability issue. Uh, Might have been dyslexia, you know, something something you know pretty common. But today you make an accommodation for a student if they had dyslexia to try and uh, you know allow help them succeed more. But but in in Green's case, he uh, uh, he ended up having a very low Wonderlick score, and the Ravens put him in charge of getting all the linebackers and defensive players together for meetings and whatnot. So he got this nickname, the CEO around Ravens training camp. It was, it was kind of more pejorative than anything else. It wasn't. That's funny. Nice that is funny, man. But he, he, right. he put together 10 sacks in three seasons at San Francisco, kept on, played another uh, 29 games with them. So not, you know, certainly did something after he left the Ravens. Yeah. I see that. I see that San Francisco even signed him to a second contract to a, to keep him going to free agency. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, he couldn't have been too bad for him, and at least in a situational or a role player. Yeah, what kind there. of money did they pay him on that second deal? Do you, you happen to have that there? Uh, it's a lot of years ago. Let's so. see. Uh, he had four and a half sacks, and then he got re-signed, so I couldn't imagine it would be too big, but let me see. Yeah, that was in nine games, too. He could have uh, – yeah, I don't know. Uh, looks like a two-year, nine hundred and thirty-five thousand. Okay, so that's it. Sounds kind of vet minimish here mm-hmm. that they that they got him for. I got one yeah. other name on my list that I don't think the Ravens fans or certainly the Ravens organization would continue a big loss, and that's Tim Williams, who was a third-round draft pick in twenty seventeen or sixteen. I have to I have to actually go back and look at that. 
but they they let him go. Uh, they were short on outside linebacker spots. 2017, he was he was a uh, a draft pick, and they picked him 78 overall. He he always flashed that he had something. 2018 in particular, he had a couple sacks, and and they used him in the race car package a little bit that year. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was a little bit exciting to, to 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 see him. And then of course they they cut him the next year. And uh, there's all at midseason. There's all kinds of salty language used by Harbaugh when he, when when asked about him. You know, there's always some sort of off the cuff remark he'll make make about a player not working particularly hard that you know is the death knell for anybody on the yeah. Ravens. Yeah, if you're not willing to work hard for Harbaugh, he's going to get you out of there. I was excited about Tim Williams. You know, I thought he was in Alabama. He was a sack specialist. I feel like over there, oh, he yeah. had really good, really good defense that year. So you were, I was expecting more out of Tim Williams uh, from that outside spot than we actually got from him. But you know, I'm I'm a Harbaugh fan. So if Harbaugh says he's no good, then I'm of the idea that he's <laughs> no good. Okay, so looking at these, we've got seven guys who worked out for their new team. We've got two guys who are probably kind of about average for their new team or, or in the middle. And we've got three guys. I don't know if I'd even – I'd put Suggs probably in the middle too. So seven, three, and two. So there's been an overwhelming group of wins for the other teams signing outside linebackers from the Ravens. So it's not a, it's not a system position. That's something we often hear ascribed to that inside linebacker position, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the the Ravens inside linebackers. You're more no, more so known as the system guys. Which could you attest that to a guy like C.J. Mosley? Would you call yeah, him a system linebacker? I, I I don't think I would. I mean, first round draft pick and all that. Mosley's circumstances obviously haven't been great since he left the Ravens. I don't think that he or the Jets is particularly happy with what's happened to him in a couple of years since. Uh, unfortunate because hey, I, I keep thinking that if he were with the Ravens and he was healthy, of course that he could have really helped these teams the last three years. Oh, definitely. If we, if we had T.A. Mosley right now instead of Patrick Queen, I think we'd be in a – I think our defense would be better. I think he would be more in control there. You know, we wouldn't have to have, you know, McPhee on his, on his second or third stint coming in and having to relieve our first-round pick, taking yeah. his duties from him. Bynes, you know, that, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Bynes. You know, that, that, bother, that deep down that bothers me. I, it feels like a wasted first-round pick to me. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, really wasting the pick. That's Brashad Perriman. Really, you know, yeah, they're going to yeah. re. They've retooled him to be something different than he was, and I think I think that's the most positive way we can look at this. Is that Queen has the possibility of having a career at the will linebacker spot that I think could be pretty good still. Mm-hmm. Do Do you think Queen uh, is? How do I say? Do you think he's going to be too prideful to do that long term? Do you think he'll want to stick around with the Ravens long term, being a first round pick? Big I, guy. I think my official position is right now. I don't really care what Queen feels about the situation. If if if, if seriously, if he's if, <laughs> no if, if it's after no. four years and 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 he he doesn't step up as a will linebacker, then I don't think that 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 it matters. Um, if if he does play very well as a will linebacker and he wants to play Mike, that's like the only circumstance where it really becomes an issue. And then yeah. and he, I I personally I think. If Queen is self-effacing about it, he looks at his own career, he'd say it wasn't working out the mic. And, you know, I really key well. I trail the play well. This is this is what I do well. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be a will. And maybe he'd say I don't want to do it in Baltimore for Harbaugh because he didn't treat me well. And I, I, I'll go somewhere else and play will. But I don't think he I don't think he's going to want to return to that mic role. He just he kind of has a, a um, not the greatest affinity for contact uh, when it's coming directly at him. So. Yeah, I agree. And, that, and that's something that I. 
me personally, I, I need from the from the Mike linebacker. I need oh, him yeah. to be as close to Ray Lewis as you can get. Fast That's and physical. I, yes. Yeah. I, I, I've got these names in no particular order, unfortunately. So I'm just going to go back through them in in uh, in some order. Uh, Jamil McLean, nice player for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You know, came on, played that inside linebacker spot. I think in a lot of ways he meets the system definition. He did play for a while, by the way, for the New York Giants. It's not like nobody else ever got any play value for him, but I think he was mostly a Ravens player. Jamil McLean. Who was the uh, – I think we might have missed one when we were talking about him earlier. Is he the one that went to the Cowboys after us? We, we had somebody – Rolando McClain. Rolando. Yeah, yeah. He, he had a pretty decent season for us too. You know, I believe – or am I wrong? Am I wrong no, in thinking that? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> so, so I wrote an article called The Curious Case of Rolando McClain a few years ago, and it was when he came to the Ravens, and basically he retired – after he did he play any? I think he he might have played a few snaps for the Ravens, or he might have not played at all. But then he, he got put on a reserve retired list, and then they traded him back to the Cowboys for a conditional pick that I think ended up being nothing. He went there, and he might have actually played a couple and, of years for the Cowboys. And I think he played pretty decent. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Like a lot, a lot of McLean, you know, a lot of MC names there to, to yeah. confuse me. <laughs> So I, I, I've got to look back at Rolanda McLean because this is just too much fun to not do. Uh, so looking at 2016, uh, come on, let me see what we got here. He was originally a Raider, right? Yeah, originally Raider. He had, he had a lot of problems there with the coaching staff, with probably with the rest of the team. Uh, but he was a, he was a big, you, you, enormous inside linebacker, 6'3", 255. And he was a guy who had an ability to affect passes behind him. That, that's the kind of thing I really always harp on not being there. And he had the size mm-hmm. to play the position very well. Unbelievable specimen drafted eighth overall, by the way, in 2010 by the Raiders. Oh, wow. So it was really sad that, that he let his career go down the toilet, but he had a whole bunch of off the field problems too. Uh, there's some famous pictures of him smiling while getting arrested and things like that, that didn't go so yeah. well. So, Anyway, uh, a, a sad situation. A guy tosses his life away early on like that. He's, I, I yeah. imagine he's not doing so well financially at this point, if I had to guess. No. Threw away a good opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, same same group as, as McLean, Danelle Ellerby. Uh, terrific for the 2012 Ravens. He got the game-winning pressure of Kaepernick that forced the throw away in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh was a good player for the Ravens. I think I'd have to say he probably wasn't a particularly good player for anybody else, that the Ravens system really did him well. He went to the Dolphins right after the Ravens, correct? Dolphins. He stayed around for a little while, so it's not like he it's not like he went away. Played until 2017, played two years with the Dolphins. The first year he had 101 tackles, so I imagine he played pretty well then. Uh, then, then he played one more year at Miami, two at New Orleans, and one at Philadelphia to finish up in 2017. So... Uh, had his best year, according to um, the Pro Football Reference AV number, in 2013 with the Dolphins. So that been his first year in the Dolphins. I remember seeing him a little bit over there. All right. He actually played against the Ravens that year, I think, didn't he? Didn't we play him? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. They they played him. Was it was that was a really big game for Flacco that they won? Yeah, they won forty yeah. nothing. Yeah. For, all right, so other other inside linebackers we got in the group. We got Tavares Gooden, who really never made it with anybody. Uh, didn't didn't play well for the Ravens, and and didn't play well for anybody else either. So uh, I, I think we can we can call that one a draw. We got uh, Kenny Young. Uh, so yeah. he 
he, he certainly, he did some positive things in a platoon role in 2018. Then 2019 came along and he was really part of the problem, part of what they had to wash the slate on to try and get better inside linebackers to fix that defense mm-hmm. after week four. That was uh, when Bynes started coming back into the into the mix, yep. right? And Fort at the same time. And so, Fort, yeah. yeah. Fines and Fort. Yeah. So, uh, what, what kind of money do you think uh, Kenny Young is going to be looking at here from from the Broncos? Because, I mean, he's been traded around a couple times. You wouldn't think the Broncos would just just trade him just to release him. You think he's going to get an extension over there? I, you know, if, if he does, I think it'll happen during the season. I think it's the kind of thing that you do now. Uh, he's a, at this point, I would think he's a divisible benefit kind of guy. If I were Kenny Young, I wouldn't be that excited about, about hitting free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it might, it might be, he might be a, a three year, $10 million guy if they really want to take a, take, make an investment in him, mm-hmm. or he might be a one year prove it deal for one to 2 million, say something a little over the vet minimum, probably. I didn't think he was doing too terribly bad on the Rams. So I think he, I mean, he was their leading tackler, which, you know, that's not always saying a lot because Patrick Queens are our leading tackler, mm-hmm. I believe still. So, I mean, but they seem to like him over there. You know, when they, when they traded him up to the Broncos, I was on the Rams uh, Reddit page and I was seeing a lot of fans were not happy with that decision. They were, they were happy with the way Kenny Young was playing. Oh, you know, part of that, then maybe the Rams really think he's going to get paid because if he's, if he if he was really only going to make three million dollars a year, I think that the Rams would probably want him. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe they, they you know project him to make more, project and that's why they let more. him go. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, any other names you want to talk about? I've got a few more on the list, but I'll, I'll let you bring mm-hmm. up the next guy. Let's see. Um, a guy that I didn't think I thought he was a decent role player for us, and then didn't really amount to anything. We, we haven't done Courtney Upshaw yet, have we? Courtney, I'm sure we did on the outside linebacker side. So we did. Yeah, we're good okay, on we're, we're we're on, on only on inside linebackers now. Yeah. Uh, after CJ Patrick, we would have the guy that came from the Jags over to the Ravens, Daryl Smith. Daryl Smith. You know, he retired with us. Yeah, he was he was effectively done after the Ravens. I think he might have gone back for one more year. Might have been in Jacksonville again, but yeah. I was a fan of his. I thought he played well. Yeah, he did. He could cover, and that was really nice. Having having you know a coverage aware linebackers is really nice. A guy, another guy, falls into that category is LJ Fort, uh, as being a guy who really understood what was going on. So uh, happy about that. Um, uh, how about uh, well, we got a couple of big names yet to discuss. How about uh, Bart Scott? Bart Scott. I didn't like his comments he made to Hollywood, so I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to think about that when we discuss Bart Scott. But I mean, I liked him when he was with the Ravens, and I liked him when he was with the Jets. I thought he. I wouldn't call him the system linebacker there. I think yeah. he. Uh, he's definitely. He was definitely a good player wherever he would have been. Uh, probably would have started for everybody, you know, if he didn't sit behind Ray Lewis. But uh, yeah, yeah, great player. He, he waited a long time to play for the Ravens, and and then he finally got his chance. But you know, it's interesting, Scott. Uh, and Leonard both were plucked from the Ravens by by Rex Ryan, and both became Green Dot players. Uh, mm-hmm. I, this is one of the really strange things, and, and I, something I, I wanted to do a story on. I was actually trying to get Jim Leonard to do it personally for this twenty five year series about the two thousand eight playoff run. But Jim Leonard was probably the uh, second or third greatest defensive postseason the Ravens have had, but it's behind Ray Lewis 2000, but it's not behind much else. It's, it's pretty much on par or, or, or ahead of every other one, uh, just an unbelievable postseason. during that postseason, he wore the green dot and not Ray Lewis. 
It's, it's the only time that I'm aware of where Ray Lewis was a healthy non-green dot wearer between 97 and 2012. So, uh, uh, amazing. Did we get a reason for that? What was the, no, what was the backstory I, to that? I, I, I've never heard the reason, and, and I, I wanted to have Leonard on the show to see if he'd explain it. But it, but it's it's a it's a it's very it, it's very interesting. I didn't even find out about it probably until about three years ago, and then I you know I went back to the game tape. I looked, and sure enough, it's there. And and the you know the the I got to snap some pictures of it so I could talk about those games. But uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, that that is fascinating. I would I would have expected Ray Lewis to have the green dot. You know, even even now, you know, he could he could yes. still have one now <laughs> just to listen in on the game. Yeah. Um, all right, we've got a couple more players to discuss. I've got three more on my list here. Jamie Sharper uh, lost in the expansion draft. Hell of a player. He he might have been a purge player anyway. Uh, so so anyway, him him being lost at that point, he had he finished five years with the Ravens. The Ravens weren't going to be able to resign him, so he was gone anyway. But the expansion draft got him, and uh, he really was a terrific player in his last year with the mm-hmm. Ravens because they they used him in the. 32 dime defense, which means they trust him enough in his coverage responsibilities uh, that they that they're okay, uh, you know, kind of playing shorthanded that way. So it's the only time right. prior to this year the Ravens have ever played 32 dimes. So, uh, or the last time prior to this year, let me put it that way. That's th- this is one of my favorite uh, things I listen for when I listen to your podcast, Ken. Is when you start getting schematical on me because that's <laughs> that's really the area where where I, I like to learn a lot about we you know what what the Ravens are doing because it's very complex, especially for the linebackers. And when you when I start hearing you talk about their responsibilities, and I'm like, well, that that's why he's not on the field now because he's not good at that, you know. So <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. This is where I do a lot of my learning. I, I really appreciate that, Jose, and the checks in the mail. I'll, uh, <laughs> that. So let's go back a little further. Actually, it's it's really the same era. Uh, Edgerton Hartwell is uh, came after Sharper, uh, had a big year in 03, was still with the Ravens in 04, and then he moved on in 05. So he played four seasons with the Ravens under his rookie deal, and then he was signed by the Falcons to a pretty good deal. And I don't remember him really playing all that well for the Falcons. He may have logged some tackles uh, because I'm sure they put him in the middle of that defense. No, not really. He only played 11 games of 13 games with the Falcons after signing their contract with him. And his last four, three years with the Ravens, he had 144, 94, and 97 tackles. And he only had 62 total oh, in his two years with the Falcons. Yeah. So, yeah, Hartwell, uh, uh, good Raven uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is is Josh Bynes, who's had one of the most interesting careers of of any inside linebacker in Ravens history with three tours tours. I'm I'm a fan of Josh Bynes. I like his energy too. I think uh, I mean I, I'm extremely happy with his play, especially as of late. You know, in comparison to what we have there at the position. I mean, he's he's an older guy, but he's playing just as good, if not better, than all the other ones. And we we do get Harrison or is, is Harrison right? Is the one's coming back now from IR. Uh, yes, Malik Harrison. Yes, man, Malik Harrison's back. Which I don't, I don't see him cutting into Bonds' time at all. Maybe in Queens. Yes, that's probably that's probably true. If if I had to guess, I I'd call it like you. I think I think more than likely Harrison will be a special teams player and and hopefully a few rotational snaps at inside mm-hmm. linebacker, but not not much. Uh, Bonds is is thirty two now. 
he left the Ravens for the first time when he was only 24, which is still shocking to me. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think now. He was he was undrafted. He was a UDFA. So I guess they, they, Detroit must have signed him during his RFA year away from the Ravens. Like maybe the Ravens non-tendered him. And I don't remember the circumstances exactly, but they signed 25-year-old Bynes in 2014. And, and he played well for Detroit for one season of three and then uh, one or one and a half good seasons with Arizona. Then he comes back in 2019, saves the Ravens bacon in, in week, beginning in week five. Mm-hmm. And then they let him go. And I still will not understand that. I, I still do not get it. Cause he, he, he didn't make any money for Cincinnati. It's like vet minimum plus a little bit maybe, uh, but yeah. it was under 2 million. I do remember that. I do remember. I, was, I remember now being, being curious as to why they didn't just keep him there. And there was, hey, another guy I was just thinking of, uh, JJ. JJ. Is it JJ Johnson? Yeah. Jared Johnson? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. He left, went to where? The Browns? Uh, Jared Johnson went to San Diego, I think. Let me San just Diego? confirm how long he played after he left. Yeah, he had three years in San Diego after after he left. Uh, that didn't do a whole lot for them. But, uh, but you know, I'm sure he wasn't a bad player at all. Real good edge setter. Yeah. Yeah, see here they they took him and then they drafted Melvin Ingram, so that was their that was their duo there for a little bit. Yeah. Jarrett and, and Melvin Ingram. It was nine years in Baltimore, quite a transitional time for Jarrett Johnson. He he uh, uh, started as a defensive tackle, and he, and his body type looked completely different. And then he then he moved him not unlike Adelis Thomas actually. They 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 had him lose a bunch of weight. And they moved him to outside linebacker, and then one year where Ray missed some time, I think it might have been 07, they moved him to inside linebacker too, and and so I'm trying to if, try to figure this on here, but it's not really on his pro football reference positions. It might have been I think it's 07 that he played some inside linebacker uh, uh, as well. So they they used him wherever they he, he played wherever they needed him to, and uh, a great Raven that's for sure in nine seasons. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right, definitely big fan. All right, Jose, a complete pleasure doing this. Thanks for coming up with such a great topic. Where can people talk football with you? Uh, yes, sir. It's a pleasure as well. I'm a big fan, and I'll, I'll be listening in. Um, my Twitter handle is at Jose M. Tor, J-O-S-E, letter M-T-O-R-R. Um, just, you know, fair warning, I'm a diehard Ravens fan, and I'm very emotional, very biased towards Lamar. I love Lamar. Uh, you know, I love everything Ravens football. So it's, it's just a, it's a personal page, but if you really look at it, it's more of like a – a fan page. I just like to have a lot of, you know, football talk. All right. All right. Well, terrific, Jose. And other folks out there, if, if you want to do a 25 years episode, still have a few left to, left to tape in December here. Uh, hit me up with an idea. DMs are open on Twitter. Uh, we'll get to you real soon and, and, uh, and get you, get you on a show and then on the, uh, put out on the internet after that. Uh, Jose, thanks again for coming on. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And we'll talk to you next time on film yes, study.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.